Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. I think one of the most stressful things that a human being can experience is moving. And more specifically, when one has to sell a home very quickly in order to find a new place to live, I've personally had this experience a few times, the last one being in 2017 whenever our family got the call to come to St. Michael's. And so whenever I got the job, I called a realtor pretty quickly to put our Houston house on the market. And the very first thing she did upon inspecting our home was hand me a list. I needed to paint over the cracks hide the flaws, stuff things in drawers. In fact, she even said that the point of selling our home was to make sure that we didn't sell our home. Because our home had crayon on the walls and dog hair on the floor and Cheerios under the couch. The goal was not to sell our home, it was to hide our home. Because what we were selling wasn't so much a house, but an image of a house. An image where there wasn't a crack, or a flaw, or a stain to be found. A house that was absolutely perfect. Now, whenever it comes to selling a house, this process is very normal. But it can be very problematic if we try to do the same thing with our life or whenever we expend a lot of energy to present to other people not who we are, but rather some image of who we think we are supposed to be. You see, there is a very deep fear of exposure that runs deep within every human heart. It's the first thing that Adam said to God after he ate the forbidden fruit. Adam asked God, where are you? And do you remember what Adam says? I hid because I'm naked and I don't want you to see me. And there's a sense in which all human beings share Adam's fear. This fear of being seen. And I mean really seen. And so often it is this fear that shapes not just how we relate to God but also how we interact with other people. Fearing the vulnerability and exposure that comes with being honest, we tend to hedge our bets, and we bring a highly edited part of ourselves to the table, depending on the setting. We are one way at church, another way at home, and another way at work. Or perhaps more accurately, we are one way at this Zoom meeting and another way at that Zoom meeting. In other words, we compartmentalize. We present one self here and a different self here and another self here. And in the process, we expend 
so much energy calculating and ruminating on what part of ourself we can show and what part we need to hide. Now, to be very clear, there is a sense in which some measure of concealment is both normal and healthy in day-to-day life. I mean, let's say you've got young kids, and every night at 6 p.m. sharp, y'all like to have a family dance party, which is what we do at the Newton House. It is probably best that you bring a different self to the board meeting you have the following morning or the doctor's appointment or wherever you happen to be. But there is a middle ground. There is a middle ground because in today's gospel, Jesus uses a very specific phrase for when a calculated life of hiding becomes a compulsion. He calls it living in darkness. And Jesus draws a distinction between people who love the truth and who want to come into the light to be seen, and those who hate the light and who insist on hiding in fear. And here's the thing, we might assume that the difference is one of morality, that good people come into the light so that we can all see their goodness, and that bad people run away from the light so that no one can see their badness. But of course, that is not at all what Jesus actually says. For one, this is the Gospel of John, where Jesus says, Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Meaning that the point of coming into the light from John's perspective is not to show off some merit badge that says holy or sinless or righteous. But second, in today's gospel passage, Jesus is very clear that God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, meaning that whenever we fail to step into the light of God's love, we only do so because we fear a condemnation that doesn't actually exist. And I'll go ahead and say that again, that our failure to be intimate with God, to bring our full self into the light of God's love, it 100% stems from a fear of condemnation that isn't there. Now, the experience of being condemned by another human being, well, that happens all the time, which is unfortunate and very painful. But being condemned by God... It doesn't happen because God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world. And here's why this matters. At the end of the day, we don't fear being exposed. And we actually don't even fear being seen. That is not the root fear. The root fear is that once we are seen, we will then be condemned and rejected. And so in today's gospel, whenever Jesus says that those who do not believe in the name of the only Son of God are condemned already, Jesus is only stating the obvious. He's being very practical. 
Because in the Bible, the word name means character. In other words, in biblical idiom, to know someone's name is to know their character or to know their heart. And what Jesus is suggesting is that whenever we live our life not knowing the merciful heart of God, that we're actually condemned from the start simply because we're not engaging God as God is, but rather we are relating to some God that our fearful mind has invented, a God that we need to hide from, a God that is never satisfied with who we are, a God that could never love the real us. Don't you see, condemnation isn't what happens when God loses patience and then gets fed up. No, condemnation is what happens whenever God throws us a party and we mistake it for a courtroom, or whenever God is celebrating us and we think that we're on trial. Or to put it a little bit differently, we are condemned already if we think that God is middle class in love and middle class in mercy and not, as Ephesians says today, rich in love and rich in mercy. Swiss theologian Karl Barth was among the most influential theologians of the 20th century, and over his life he wrote 13 volumes, which took 35 years to complete, to explain the meaning of the Christian faith. And in his final years of being alive, he was interviewed by a reporter and asked if he could summarize his life's work, all 13 volumes, in just a few sentences that could capture the wisdom behind his entire career. And so after pondering the question for a few minutes, this is what Bart said. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. For God so loved the world, for God so loved you, that God gave his only begotten Son to the end that all who believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the whole world might be saved through him. The most important question that we can ask ourselves is always, do we believe that God gave God's life to save us? Do we believe that God is really that good and that as Paul says in his letter to the Romans, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus? Because if so, if we do believe that, here's what that means. It means that even if there is some case file or rap sheet in heaven with your name on it, that lists every sin you've ever committed or will commit. If that file is in heaven, it's either covered in dust or else it's been thrown out due to a complete lack of interest on God's part. And so whenever I ask if we believe in grace, I'm not asking if we believe in the idea of grace or the doctrine of grace, but rather is our belief in grace a living force right here in our heart? Because there is nothing more practical in life than what we actually believe. 
Because what we actually believe, and not what we say we believe, but what we actually believe is what shapes what we do, and how we feel, and how we treat other people. And so whenever I think about my ongoing hope for St. Michael's, I want us to be a church where every single person feels free to step into the light and where the fullness of who we are is seen and the fullness of our perspective shared and for the differences that naturally emerge from that process to enrich our community and not threaten it. But if today's gospel tells us anything, um, we're not going to get there by trying. We get there by believing, by believing that we are not condemned. As Thomas Merton writes in his book, New Seeds of Contemplation, God's primary command to the church is not that we love, but rather that we believe that we are loved by God. And so let me end today's sermon by saying this, grace is not an idea. Grace is a power. It is a power that enables us to step into the light of God's love with confidence and a power that enables us to share that same love with other people. Ever mindful that God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Amen.